Welcome to Verse by Verse, the teaching ministry of Pastor John Reed from Calvary Chapel, Northwest Reno. You'll want to grab your Bible and follow along, verse by verse, with Pastor John. We are in Genesis chapter 12, starting verse 1. This is kind of a new section of Genesis that I would call follow the patriarchs, follow the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It's kind of their life stories, if you will. And we will begin our focus on Abraham. Leave it all behind. Pack it up. Hit the road and move on. It's time to go forward with God. Leave your old life behind and begin your new lifelong journey with God. Follow Jesus wherever he leads. It's the old hymn, right? Wherever he leads, I'll follow. Head them up and move them out, right? The cattle, the sheep, the tents, Abram is going to pack it all up and he's going to leave everything behind. It brings me back. I grew up mostly in California. I consider that home. I'm a Californian. Don't beat me up. <laughs> Sometimes you say that in certain states and you've got to put your arms up. You're a Californian. Get out of here. You know. And I'm sorry we are invading Nevada. We're trying to take over California. And I moved to Texas because I intended seminary in Texas. I went to the Old South, and I went to the very buckle of the Bible Belt, and I attended the world's largest seminary. You know, everything is big in Texas. Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, and I would say probably half of the population or more of Texas is Baptist. Welcome to Baptist turf. When you walk outside your home in Texas, no matter what direction you look, you will see a church. The steeples are everywhere. I'd go to the mall and they'd be playing Christian music. I'd go in a store, they'd be selling Bibles. Welcome to the South. Welcome to Christianity of the Deep South. And it was very exciting. Being from L.A., it was a different culture there in Texas. The Metroplex, Fort Worth, Dallas, the surrounding areas, even out in the little country towns I pastored, it was quite exciting. I was so excited to do my pilgrimage, to finish my education. My goal was finally to do a Master's of Divinity, which most pastors will complete. It's very difficult. I had traveled in my car, and I drove up to the huge seminary, and they have a huge rotunda. It's a big dome, and when you walk up to the huge stone pillars and up the steps, you see the carvings uh, sculptures of great theologians and missionaries and preachers. And I felt like, Lord, I've made a big mistake. And who am I fooling? And, and I'm just a nobody and I'm not very smart. And how am I going to get degrees here? And, and I'm out of place and, and it's beyond my abilities. 
but God took me humbly from that start, and he built me up, and he sent godly men in my path, professors that trained me and helped me, and I didn't complete one degree, I actually completed three degrees at the seminary, more than most, you know, and so God can take you from humble beginnings and do great things. This is the story of Abram, and his name is changed to Abraham by God. He was the physical father of the Arab nations and very importantly of the Jews, the father of the Jews. He begins their line. And then he becomes our father spiritually. He's the father of the Christians, the believers, the father of the faith. So Abraham is your father too, not physically, but spiritually, we get another father. Abraham had a humble start, but a famous finish as the father of faith. And I would admonish you, follow Father Abraham. Let's read it. Hear God's voice. Genesis 12:1. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land which I will show you. God is speaking. He's speaking to Abraham and he's speaking to you. It is a call. Can I tell you, if you read the verse before, Verse 32, the verse right up above, the days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. What has just happened is Abraham's father is dead, and it's a new chapter. It's the close of a book. God is doing something new. A lot of times when we face death and maybe a divorce and a firing and a foreclosure, a horrible catastrophe, God is using the bad and he's going to turn the world's bad into his good. And he has the power to redeem your situation. Oh man, everything's falling apart. I'm at this funeral. I'm at the divorce hearing. Uh, I'm going through hell on earth. It's okay, because what the devil meant for bad, what man has done to you, which is evil, God has the power to redeem it into good. And it's right after Abram's father, Terah, dies that God appears and God starts speaking. Are you hearing his voice? Push away the tears, open up your ears, listen up, because God has a word for you. And what is his word? Pack it up. Get out. Let's go. We're going someplace new, a new world, a new life. We're putting behind the old things. We're starting something new. Leave your family. Leave your hometown. Pack it all up in your U-Haul. Have you done that? Because God is sending you, oh no, to Reno, Nevada. <laughs> God is sending you to a new place. He's forming a new family. He has a new plan for your life. 
Where do I go? You go where God sends you. Do you see this? To the land which I will show you. But God, tell me all the steps. Show me the path, the plan ahead. Oh no, he never does that for me. I wish he would. He just says, pack it up, get in your car, and go, and I will show you the next step. And after that, the next step and the next step. Will God just give me the plan? No, I'm afraid Jesus is the plan. No, God, just show me the way. No, I'm afraid Jesus is the way, and you must be dependent upon him every day, every year. You must get your directions from headquarters, right? And he'll show you as you go. And I've learned when I take the first step, he shows me the second step. When I take the next step, then he shows me the next path. And this is Abram, a whole new world. Verse 2, And I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great. And so you shall be a blessing. It is the promises of God. You see it. Verse 3, And I will bless those who bless you. And the one who curses you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. If you count them, there's seven promises and seven is God's number, perfect, holy, complete. The blessings of God, the promises of God, a covenant. God covenants with you. He wants to make personal, loving relationship promises. A covenant with you. Have you discovered God's promises in the scripture that were written just for you? Abraham, I'm going to bless you. Here is my promises. And as we read these seven promises, we see the statement, I will. Do you see this? I will, I will, I will, five times. These are the I wills of God. I will do it. Do you ever feel like I can't do it, God? No. I can't make it after this funeral. I can't make it after this divorce. I can't do this move. I can't take this new job. It's okay, because God will do it for you. Just trust him. Just step out. Just pack it up. Just get in that car and pray and listen, and God will direct you. This is the apartment. This is the city. This is the new friend. This is the new church. This is your new romance. I'm doing something new. But you pray. You seek the Lord. His direction. You don't do it. Let God do it. Do you see that phrase? I will, I will, I will, I will. Five times. Let God do it. See, when I do it, I mess it all up. I need God to do it for me. It is God's promises through Abraham to us. God will bless us through Abraham, through the father of faith, through the father of the Jews. It is through Abraham that the promises come. The Messiah, Jesus, comes through father Abraham. Now, 
As you read the promises of God, he says, if people bless you, Abraham, I'll bless them. But if they curse you, I will curse them. Do you see it? God wants you to bless his people, the Jews. Oh, I don't like the Jews. I don't like Israel. You know, it's quite controversial in our country. We have politicians. Oh, we hate the Jews. And we have politicians. Oh, we love the Jews. We support the Jews. Can I tell you what God says about his chosen people? You better love them. You better pray for them. You better support them. Because if you make them your enemy, now you make God your enemy. Because God stands up for his people and his children. Can I warn you the same thing about the Christians? If you attack the church and the Christians, God is going to get you. Didn't Jesus say, if you harm one of these little ones of mine, one of my believers, I'll tie a millstone around your neck and throw you into the sea. Don't mess with God's kids. Do you see it? Are you the same way? If someone threatens your children, wants to harm your grandkids, you stand up for them? It is the same way with God. Bless the Jews. How do we bless them? We pray for them, we witness to them, we support them, and we even go on pilgrimage to the Holy Land, and we meet the Jews in God's promised land that he gave them. I've been four times to Israel. If we get a group together, I'll go five times. I love to see the promises of God. When I walk through the land of Israel, I feel like I'm walking through the pages of my Bible because the people, the places, the history, it's all true, and you see all the artifacts, all the digs. Go with me. I'll take you on some digs. I have a background in archaeology, and we'll prove the Bible to you from the land of Israel. God is saying, listen up and move, right? It's, start, it's time to move and to discover God's awesome plan for your life. Let God relocate you. Have you been there? Maybe you've just moved here and God is doing a work. Trust and obey the Lord, verse 4. So Abram went forth as the Lord had spoken to him. Do you see it? He's obeying, he's listening, he's moving, he's packed it up, and he's on the road and Lot with him. He's bringing his relatives. Now Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. But pastor, I'm too old. I'm retired. I'm done with all that. I've already served the Lord. I'm on spiritual vacation. Oh no. God is not through with you yet. And as I search the scriptures, it seems when you're older is when God works the most. It seems when you're more at the end of your life, God is just getting started. Check out Moses. Uh, check out Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Check out uh, just all these characters of the Bible. God uses them more at the end of their life then he uses them at the beginning. Ironic. 
So you may think your life's coming to an end, and God says, oh no, I've just started to use you. It's funny, when you're an older Christian, you seem to have more time, money, resources, flexibility. You could pack up, you can go. I've met many missionaries that are older, many pastors that are older, many Christians that are doing great things for God. They have the know-how, the expertise, the experience, and now they can do great things for the Lord. It's never too late to start all over again with Jesus. Verse 5, Abram took Sarah his wife and Lot his nephew and all their possessions which they had accumulated and the persons which they had acquired in Haran. Now, when God sends you, you do not ditch your family, you don't leave your spouse, you don't abandon your children, you don't throw your parents to the side. Do you see it? You take care of responsibilities. And Abraham is going, but he's going with his family. And he's the head, he's the patriarch of the family, and they're all going together. Do you see that? How do I know if it's God? Because God's not going to divide and mess up your family. He's going to make it even stronger and unified when it is the call of God. Do you see it? Abraham does have a huge entourage of people. He has employees. He has servants. And yes, I believe he does have slaves. It is the ancient world the ancient culture. I know slavery is evil and wicked, and I'm so glad that Christianity has tried to stomp out human slavery throughout the world. It's sad that it still exists today. And they set out for the land of Canaan. Is that familiar to you? It is the future land of Israel. It is the promised land, the land of milk and honey. Thus they came to the land of Canaan. Maybe you've had to move. Leave one city for another, one state to another. You know, different parts of America have different cultures. I came from the West Coast. It's quite unique. Then I went to the Deep South. It's a different world. Have you been to the East Coast? It has its uniqueness. The North, you know, different parts of the country. They say things differently. The expressions, the thinking, the idioms, everything's different. It's very subtle. But you can learn it. You could pick up on it. You know, when I pastored in, in the South, the people would tell me, Pastor, y'all talk funny. And I'm like, no, you're the ones that talk funny. <laughs> I talk right. <laughs> so it is. So they leave it all. A new country. Maybe you've come from another country, and you're learning America and the culture and the language, and it's so different. It's a hard language to learn. But God has brought you. God's doing a great work through you. You know he sent you. Verse 6. Abram pass through the land as far as the site of Shechem to the oak of Moreh. Now the Canaanite was then in the land. 
That's the problem. God says, I'm giving the Jews this land, but somebody else lives there. Welcome to history, right? It's always somebody else's land. Somebody's always there before you. But God promises, it's my land. I give it to the Jews. Many people want the land of Israel back. They want to drive the Jews into the sea. They want to annihilate them. It's so controversial. They want the land of Israel, but God says, no. I've given it to my people, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and to their descendants. These are the promises of God. Now, can I tell you, when God gives you a promise and a gift, the devil will try to take it away. People will try to destroy that gift. Maybe God sent you a beautiful spouse, a beautiful child, a wonderful job. Maybe you've created a, a business or a ministry. Can I tell you, the world will try to take it away from you. They will try to destroy it and rip it up. So hang on to the promises of God and don't let the world destroy them and rip them from your fingers. Verse 7. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your descendants I will give this land. What descendants? <laughs> if you look in the chapter before in the genealogies, you'll find out that Sarah is mentioned and she is barren in Genesis 11 verse 30. Sarah was barren and had no children. God's promise I'm going to bless you and I'm going to give all these wonderful things to your children. And Abram's thinking, I have no kids. How can this be? Has God given you a promise and it doesn't make sense? And his promise seems impossible? It's okay. God's going to work it out. God's going to give Abraham a child, a baby boy, Isaac, and his name will be Laughter because they will laugh and be so happy at his miracle birth. But I'm getting ahead of the story. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. Do you know God can manifest his presence to you? I believe if you pray and say, God, please, Jesus, reveal yourself to me. I need a sign, I need a person, I need you to show me. I believe he will manifest. Somehow God will show up and God will answer your prayer. Pray in faith, call upon the name of the Lord and say, Lord Jesus Christ, reveal yourself to me. God has appeared, God has showed up, God has communicated a message. And Abraham is building an altar to the Lord. Now, the ancients would build altars out of rocks. They would pile them up, and they would put an animal sacrifice. They would cut it, bleed it, burn it. It was a way to remember God by building an altar and to give him thanks. Now, on our church property, we have an altar. If you ever venture up at the top, the north end of our property, on the high place, we have an altar of stones. It's our prayer altar. And every time someone prays for the church, they put a rock on the pile. 
Now, I must warn you, if you go visit it, you're welcome. Go up there, put a rock, pray for the church. It's an altar to the Lord. But kids come by, and a lot of times they kick the rocks down, and then we just rebuild the altar again. But you can have an altar to the Lord in your backyard. You could pile up stones, and when your children say, what's that heap of rocks? You could say, it's an altar to the Lord to remember God's blessing and what he did for us and when we were in trouble and how he sent me a baby and, and you were that gift and, and God got me through and I've put these rocks here to remember God, his appearance, his promises to me. Verse 8. Then he proceeded from there to the mountain on the east of Bethel. And Bethel does mean house of God. If you're going to move and camp out in your tent, it's a good place to move right next to God's house, to God's presence, to God's mountain, and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord. Thanks for supporting Verse by Verse, the teaching ministry of Pastor John Reed from Calvary Chapel, Northwest Reno, at 246 Courtney Lane, Reno, Nevada, 89523. Our phone number is 775-746-4567, and our webpage is calvaryreno.com. You're always welcome to join our services.